podcast of SA for FAs. This podcast was formerly run by Gail Weinrich. I'm Jason Kirsch. I'm an editor at Seeking Alpha. I'm also a financial planner and a CFP. I run a small financial company called Grow Planning. We primarily work with younger investors, those under 35, mostly millennials. I'm also an author. I published a book called The Millennial Advantage, How Millennials Can and Must Be the Next Great Generation of Investors. And today I want to talk about an issue that I think is very prevalent, um, and that is speculation. What's the role of speculation in one's portfolio, especially a young person, someone that is in the wealth accumulation stage of their life, someone that has a longer time horizon, someone that theoretically may be more, may be more able to speculate than someone that is in the distribution phase. It's a very prevalent topic today due to the market environment and due to how information has been transmitted over the web. I see it really clearly where I, in my social network, I see this fear of missing out mentality, especially during COVID when a large portion of the population um, was financially struggling. You saw another portion of the population that seemed like they were making a lot of money. Um, and that they were playing with that money. I don't know if that was because they were home and they were able to day trade or they were able to spend more time online or the act of taking more of a risk with your money maybe provided some stimulation that during a time that was a little bit dark uh, socially and emotionally that gave benefit to. But I really wanna wanna discuss how advisors or maybe one potential way advisors could handle this in their clients portfolio because i've experienced it i've had a lot of younger clients come to me saying that they want to invest more and more of their money in these speculative securities what is a speculative security to me it's basically an investor investing in something because they want to make a quick money because they want to get on uh, an upward trajectory to hopefully buy at a certain point and sell higher at a certain point. Um, and most of that time, they're not really concerned with the fundamentals of that security or that underlying asset. Over the past year, a few have come to mind. AMC and GameStop have been at the forefront of this, but also cryptocurrency. I've had a lot of clients come to me basically wanting to increase their their allocation in cryptocurrency or worse off, taking assets out of specific accounts that were more designed for longer term savings to invest in cryptocurrency. I can't tell you how many emails or calls I've got from clients that were even considering removing qualified money. Um, and perhaps paying taxes and a penalty in order to invest it in these type of speculative assets because they thought that my IRA is only making a few percent per year. I have friends or I'm seeing all these people making hundreds of percent or even thousands over the span of a short period of time. And that presents an issue because it's my job in a way to kind of protect my clients from themselves. I think I think that's a primary that's a primary reason why I'm hired is more of a psychological backbone to their investment portfolio to make sure that they don't allow emotion and cognitive bias to be at the forefront of their investment decisions. In the past, with speculation, how do advisors generally treat that? 
for me, I kind of took the approach that I read the most often, the approach that they kind of teach you from the CFP board, and that's you invest the uh, a high percentage of one's assets in long-term investments, and you allow them to play with a little percent for speculative reasons. Um, for instance, uh, it's very common that an advisor will tell a client, okay, well, 5% of your assets to speculate is is a healthy way. So you could you could lose a 5%, expect in a way that that 5% is going to be extremely valuable, so you're not going to be able to take it out for any expenses or to fund any goals. Um, and if you make money, you make money, great. If not, you lose it, but you'll survive. And the lessons that I'll give you is that it'll be fun and allow you to to um, jump on the bandwagon for some, some investment um, fads and it'll maybe make you pay a little bit more attention to the markets, which is always a good thing. But at this time, you're seeing a lot of people and a lot of investors wanting to speculate more and more. And in a way, they're not even defining into speculation. Um, on social media today, you follow these Twitter accounts and you follow these Instagram accounts that promote Bitcoin. And it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And many of my clients leave never been through a bubble burst. If you're under 35, maybe even under 40, you've really never witnessed um, during your adult life a market collapse. Um, of course, 2008 and 2009, but if you're under 35, you're kind of in school or in the early, early stages of your career um, at that time. And in many cases, if you're under 40, you probably didn't own a primary residence or you probably didn't really experience um, the depreciation of uh, your, your house. Um, so that will make a young investor a little bit oblivious to the potential risks of speculation. Um, the other thing is that why? Why are they speculating? Is it really because they want to make more money? Or do they, is it because... Or do they understand the risks of trying to compete with others? And how many are successful at it? That's another thing. Um, I'm not so sure. In my experience, I haven't seen many Bitcoin investors that have, up until this point, created wealth for themselves that is life-changing. And that's primarily due to the habits of speculation. I would say that the biggest risk for a young investor is not so much the amount of money that they could lose speculating, but it's a habit um, and the process that uh, their their investment process that is defined during these young times in their life, while their hippocampus, um, while the, the habit formation part of their brain is solidifying those neural connections, if they're deciding to be speculative, and if they're going after easy money, those habits may last them for the rest of their life, even if they make money. Let's say an investor got in in Bitcoin early, 2011, 2012, has been adding to the position year over year, um, and let's say they're up a lot. Is that money going to be permanent wealth? How many people are cashing out at the top at this moment in time, and how many people are putting it into other assets, and how many of those people are not going to speculate in the future? I, I think it's a very crucial time for advisors, especially those working with younger individuals that are, in, from what I can see at least, way more susceptible to speculation um, because they have a little bit less financial responsibilities, perhaps, 
Um, and because that their social network, which takes up such a huge component of how they're receiving information these days, is filled with the marketing of other people creating wealth through these type of investments. Um, it's not fun when you see someone saying on social media, oh, I made, I turned $10,000 into 200000 betting on AMC, or $1,000 into 50000 or whatever, or GameStop. And then you're, you're sitting home thinking, I should have done that. And then how am I going to compete with these people if I'm not taking that risk? Um, but you also have to understand that those people that have made those big gains and are sold out of top and are, are capable of sustaining um, that behavior is so low, almost non-existent. So rare. Yeah, some people may have made money in the short term, but 10 years from now, what, where's that money going to be? Are they be, going to be continuing to speculate on those type of investments because of an earlier time where they were successful? Or are they going to be like, okay, well, that was a one and done. I got really lucky. I'm going to become more humble and I'm going to put it into long-term investments with a long-term time horizon. Another thing to talk about is where we are now, where what's the risk of speculation? What's the cost of speculation? Um, and does the cost of speculation change based on the market conditions? I would argue, yes, it does. So the cost of speculation, the one is, okay, well, you could lose money from speculating. If you invest in a company like GameStop, AMC, at this moment in time, maybe even Netflix or Tesla, while some of those companies have provide a lot of value to the community at the costs that they're trading at, some analysts may think that it's a risky investment. So sure, you could lose part of your principal investment but then there's also another risk, and that's the opportunity cost of what your money could do if it wasn't in those investments. And I feel like one of the major reasons or incentives to speculate is that the perceived opportunity cost of not speculating seems very little. You can't invest in treasuries that are going to outpace inflation right now. It just seems like the market isn't pricing that in. But I think that there for sure is... A benefit of of holding money in cash. I think one of the biggest misconceptions with investment strategy is thinking of cash as something that's not a, an asset that could potentially appreciate. Um, because if market prices drop, you could put that cash into play and buy low. Investing is not about making easy money. It's about making the right decisions and protecting your downside and being involved in the market over a long period of time. Um, and that's definitely something that a lot of younger investors don't understand because they're young. They don't have the time in the market. They haven't seen their portfolios appreciate as much as an older investor. And younger investors have not lived through the bursting of a bubble. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where this podcast series is going in the future, but feel free if you have any questions to reach out to me at jkirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, at seekingalpha.com. Thank you.